and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, the podcast where each episode Mark and I take a plunge down a cinematic sewer and pull out the very worst turds we can find. I am Chris Bolton, with me as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And this episode we are looking at the 89 Hulk Hogan classic... <laughs> no holds barred um just before we dive in um just a little bit of housekeeping on my part i would like to i know mark did it last episode but i'd like to say a big thanks to the wonderfully talented and far more eloquent than i mr jonathan dunn for filling in whilst i was on holidays um i'm afraid i'm back so you're stuck with me <laughs> although we are almost a minute in and i don't think i've sworn yet so change. yeah well, there you go, straight back into the sewer. I was just about to say maybe Jonathan's making me raise my game. Um, I guess not. Fuck it. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Um, so, Jesus, um, I I don't even know where to start with right, this. It's I've, a I've, fucking I've onslaught. For, I've got a starting point for this actually, and it's um, it's kind of it's it's not a rant, but it's it's something that I, I do get to roll up quite often. Yes. Nobody, no, nobody thinks that wrestling is real. So when, when wait, 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 wait. Hold on. What do you mean wrestling is not real? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I've jumped a gun on that one. Um, but when you, as an adult, if 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 you have a conversation with anybody about professional wrestling or sports entertainment, well, you know it's not real, don't you? So yes, I know it's not fucking real. No games of the Game of Thrones isn't real either. Doesn't stop me enjoying it. No, you don't see many fucking dragons flying over the um, Seven Bridge, do you? To be fair. I wager that most WWE shows are better written than Game of Thrones. Okay, I'm backing off the mic at that point. <laughs> you can have that hand grenade if anyone writes in. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You, you know it all goes into spam anyway. Um, but no, I mean it's 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 a fair point. I, I get it every now and again. Oh yeah, well, why do you like that? No, it's it's for kids and it's all scripted. Yes, it's all scripted. But you know, I see you don't see many dragons flying over the Seven Bridge or many. Uh, Many of the undead walking you know, walking around Cardiff, apart from after match day. You know, it's it's you you can enjoy it for what it is. You don't have to you know, take it you know, as take it as at face value. That said, you watch this movie, and this is like Vince McMahon's wet dream. This is wrestling is real. They're all no, they're all massive psychopaths. They're all capable of killing each other with their bare hands, and everybody believes everything they see. <laughs> I, I've actually written as, as you know I actually make notes for this show when I watch the films I don't on any of our others um, somewhere on here because I remember writing it there it is about a third of the way down the first page big bold capital letters from me this is Vince's wet dream <laughs> so we didn't watch this together um, we never we do watch this, this together and yeah, we, we don't discuss this at all either so um, no. yeah, that's quite funny uh, yeah, it, it literally is. Um, you, I mean, you can see that Vince McMahon is clearly projecting a lot of shit onto the villain in this piece. Well, um, I mean, it's, it's quite funny, though, because, I mean, you look at um, Kurt Fuller's character, uh, is his name Braille? Braille or something like fucking, that? Look, I, the character names are not the strong point here, and we'll come on to that in a bit. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so I mean, that character, the Kurt, Fuller, Kurt Fuller's character, it's kind of a cross between... Um, between the sort of the, the, the Vince McMahon character, the chairman, no, the sort of the Mr. McMahon character that came about in the nineties, and just every sort of drill sergeant from every movie ever, and you you kind of get the impression he's got yeah this is what you need on TV you need a real villain to really sell this piece and you can kind of see over the next not so the 
seven or eight years that followed this, you know, when that character, you know, before that character came about, after um, after Montreal and Bret Hart, you, you get the impression this is what he kind of wanted it to be, and this is what he was modelling it on. I think so, but but also there's an element. I think this is slightly well. It's not slightly meta. It's not clever enough to be meta. It's just <laughs> Vince having a fucking go um you mentioned um that this takes the stance that wrestling is real i actually kind of read it a completely different way um the the bad guy whatever his name is is a network executive and he's seeking rip yeah name's really not a strong yeah. point seeking rip, rip is like yeah he, he wants rip as a star on his network he's kind of almost acknowledging that rip is a, a celebrity rather than a, and a sports person um, and then it's all geared about how evil this network is now they're trying to poach all the talent from the WWF and you're just thinking like hang on this is early days of the Monday Night Wars here but, <laughs> before but this, they even happened like, but this is like you know, five to eight years after Vince did the exact same thing and fucked all the territories over yes but then, but then other networks wanted a piece of and this is this is before the Monday Night Wars don't get oh, me wrong and, and for those of you out there that, that don't know the Monday Night Wars this isn't really the podcast to be getting into that but google it it's fascinating um, especially if you're into broadcasting at all um, but that's not to say that other networks weren't trying to muscle in on Vince's action here and it's very clear that he's taking pot shots it's so thinly veiled I mean it's, it's not veiled it's naked to be honest yeah. it's... I mean that, that side of it you're right I mean that, that side of it it's, it's very much, there's a very definite um, push by Vince to say look I'm this is what I have to deal with. This is these are the sort of characters I have to do. The sort of people I have to deal with to bring you this quality entertainment product. But you look at the characters themselves. You look at Rip. You look at Zeus, um, and they're no, they're very much sold as no, these are. This is what they're like in real life. That you know. You, oh um, yeah, Rip. There is no distinction between Rip in and out of the ring, other than he grunts a lot in yes. the ring. Um, but it's very much. I definitely feel like it's. They they almost break kayfabe. It is like Rip is this character to be bought and sold, and Zeus is Zeus, and that is all. I mean, they've even got an octagonal ring. It's very much UFC before there was UFC, like yeah. the the battle of the tough guys. Yeah, what the fuck? Yes, that's really what it's called. the The battle of the tough guys is sold as like this is genuine, no holds barred fighting, and yeah, wrestling is well. sissy girly men slapping each other. Um, and and that's how it's built up and sold. Uh, well, for what there is of the wrestling, there's only actually one wrestling match, and that is oh, right at the start. Well, I mean, it's Hogan. Even if it oh, was yeah, well true. choreographed, he wouldn't be able to sell it properly. So that doesn't make any odds. Um, yeah, I, I, this film is fucking awful. But and. Right, I'm I'm putting it straight out on Front Street now. I'm not going to answer the the big question yet. We'll save that for the end. But I think this is the first genuine instance on this show of a film that is so catastrophically bad and so poorly judged that it is fucking hilarious. I absolutely pissed myself watching this film on several. It's hilarious. Um, in, In the best possible way this is this is good bad <laughs> Let, let's yeah. just be clear about that yeah like i i watched this i don't know what day it was uh, last week um and 
I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll chuck it on, I'll chuck it on. Um, everybody else was like, I'll chuck it on, I'll, I'll do the iron in while I'm doing it. I, I got through three shirts because I just couldn't stop watching and laughing. It's it's fucking hilarious. Now, I, I watched it, um, it, it as we record this. We've just come out of a, a long bank holiday weekend. I happened to have been imbibing on Sunday afternoon uh, and came home and put this on. Let me tell you now, if you've had a couple of beers, this is definitely a film to watch. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so fucking hilarious. Um, but I mean, to get into it, when we first started doing this and, uh, and, and No Holds Barred came up, I think we both kind of hit on it at the same time after we'd suggested another Hogan classic, which is on our list that I'm sure we'll come to. Mm. And, and there was kind of a light bulb moment between the two of us. Then we kind of went away and it, and this came up as the next film so listeners the way we do this um we track these films down because a lot of them aren't available anymore uh, and we've we've been kind of taking it in turn so so mark bought this one uh handed it off to me last week in a in a car park it looked it all looked very dodgy um <laughs> and just yeah, said it was very clandestine as well so don't get call us out I'm, I'm outside come now i work on the fifth floor so i'm outside come down and i'll, I'll say, so come down and hand hand this uh, hand this package off, and then disappear back into the building before anybody starts asking questions. Sort of thing. It's quite funny. Yeah, it, it was quite clandestine. But but Mark's parting words as he gave it to me were, "You're in for a fucking treat." Um, <laughs> so I, that got me thinking about this film. And, and then as I was driving home, I was thinking, Do you know what? I don't think I even liked No Holds Barred when I was a kid, and I would have first seen this when I was like eleven or twelve, and then popping a disc in the player. Um, the very first thing I heard was the theme music, and I was like, "Yeah, this is all I actually really remember fondly about No Holds Barred is its theme." I mean, you know, I'm a sucker for theme music, but the theme to No Holds Barred is awesome, and you couple it with the most ridiculously over-the-top DVD menu I have ever seen. Uh, yes, and it's just awesome and when i say over the top i don't mean like it's well designed and it's slick and it's got all this funky animated shit going on no 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 again this is vince's wet dream this is just it's just images of hogan like kicking doors down driving motorbikes wearing shades and you get this awesome 80s crotch rock in the background um yes it just straight away, you know what you're in for as soon as you pop this disc in the player. And it just, believe it or not, it just goes downhill from there in the best possible way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I kind of the opposite. I mean, I, I saw this. I mean, I, a lot of things we talk about um, on this on the show, as much as on SNPD, a lot of things I'm coming at so second time around because of when it was when they came out. Um, and the age I mean, this I think I saw, I think I got into wrestling just before WrestleMania 6 which would have been about 89, 90 yeah. and this came out uh, so this came out in 89 so I'd have seen it around about 1990 about the time when I was getting into wrestling, this was the fucking best thing ever yeah, see I I, I never had that and, and don't get me wrong, like especially early on in my wrestling fandom, I was most definitely a Hulkamaniac. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. As as I got older, I marked more for Warrior. But and and look, I my wrestling fandom, I'm I'm in and out of it. I blow hot and cold. Um, but the periods that I remember fondly, like I will wear them on my sleeve with pride. Okay, so at, at no point am I going to poke fun at this for being a Hulk Hogan vehicle or anything like that. I I was a huge mark for Hogan. Um. But yeah, I, I just don't remember it 
being that good even then. And Christ, at this point, Hulk Hogan could have shit in a box and I'd have begged my parents to buy it for me. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I just didn't, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Something about this film never clicked with me. Um, yeah, like for, for me, I mean, it really did. And so, you know, it was, I was like, because the age I was, and you know, get, just getting interesting. And I say, very same thing. You know, I was a big Hogan fan. So, I'm seeing Hogan doing it in, in a movie, you know, an action movie as well, where he wrestles a bit, but he also beats up bad guys. I was like, fucking hell, this is it. I mean, this, is, this is the thing. And I can even remember we had, bizarrely, we recorded it off the TV, so we had the ad breaks and all the rest of it. But we had, it was on a, a video cassette that we'd had free of the promotion pack of Colgate toothpaste. We had fucking Colgate all over the box. And I can just remember this. This, this red cassette box with my mother's handwriting on it, no holes barred, do not tape over. <laughs> because she knew how much of a shitstorm there would be between me and my brother if this film disappeared. Yeah. it's I, I, I and, know I rented it several times. I, I've talked on this podcast before about how I used to get free rentals from yeah. the video shop. And this was one of those. Like I, This along with like WrestleMania 6, I know I'd get them out all the time. And like as much as... I say I remember this being bad. It didn't stop me watching it several times mm. as a kid because yeah, it's yeah. it's Hulk Hogan, or in this case, it's Rip, um, who basically is Hulk Hogan. I don't know why they just, oh, absolutely. especially since they're using WWF. I don't know why they just didn't go with. But they Hulk used Hogan. the Zeus character as well. I mean, the, the Zeus character. Yeah, was Zeus showed up. Yeah, yeah, to sell this fucking movie effectively. But you know, there was no reason to not to no. just use it as Hogan. And if you look at the. Um, if you look at the the poster, which I've got in front of me now, it's um, Hogan standing massive, no, massively over everybody else. It's like these are the posters you used to get for the Royal Rumble, where you've got millions yeah. of people all in one, and then you've got Hogan towering over everybody else. Um, but if you look at the poster, it's no ring, no ref, no rules, Hulk Hogan in big ball letters where the title should be, and then at the bottom of the picture in smaller text but in different colours, says no horse barred. Yeah. So they're not even trying to sell it as no horse barred, they're trying to sell it as Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I, I don't know whether Vince was worried there'd be some sort of blurring of of lines here. I I I don't know, particularly when at this time, you know, he still would have been trying to sell wrestling as real. Um, I don't know, but but to me, I'd have just gone with Hulk Hogan because Rip is a fucking terrible name for a wrestler. Like, where's where's his surname? Like, it it needs well, another syllable. I was going to say that right because it never in the entire film is his surname given up. No. The very the very first thing on the wiki entry under plot, which is now ironic, I think. Uh, Rip Thomas is the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. Rip Where the fuck is Thomas? Thomas. Come from? Surely. Where's the alliteration? Like what? <laughs> Especially when his brother's called Randy. Yeah. Rip and Randy Thomas. The fuck. Jesus Christ! Like. I don't know, like call him fucking Rip Tide if you want. I don't care. Oh. Rip Saw, Rip whatever, or just yeah. go with Rip Roberts. Or look, there's three names just off the top of my head. At least they've got when a ring announcer just calls him in and goes Rip. It sounds fucking terrible. Like where's the? <laughs> it's half a name. Like what? Yeah, that's right. I, but I mean, that that is by no means the the biggest problem this thing had. It, it's just something that that does annoy me. Um, yeah, no, no, I I I did find that quite funny because I was all the way through sort of thinking, what's his name? No, what's his full name? Because they just call everyone calls him Rip. And then since the first thing I read in here is like, where the fuck did you get that from? Yeah, it makes no sense. But anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, not a lot about no, this does. Let's be honest. No, um, I mean. We, we talked about Hulk Hogan just now. One of the notable things for me as well. 
top of the shop in the credits, you get like Hulk Hogan, Tiny Lister, then Mean Gene and Jesse Ventura are both credited. They're in this film for like for thirty seconds. Yeah. I was, yeah. But again, this is this is Vince's baby and they're they're two well, of the biggest like, stars and, on his network at this point. Not only that, they had um, Finkel doing the ring announcement yes, uh, announce at the did. beginning as well. They did. And I was kind of expecting having not as I haven't seen this film for years, but I was I was half expecting that when they went to the biker bar see you know, seeing um Piper and uh Randy Savage popping up just because why the fuck wouldn't you at this point? I mean, why wouldn't you just use because Hogan's not playing himself anyway? Well, why wouldn't you just fill it with wrestlers? I mean, here's here's one of the main narrative problems here anyway is that Rip doesn't have to work his way through anybody to get to Zeus. Rip has precisely two actual in ring fights in this film. Hmm. There's the one at the start and there's a one at the end. And that's it. <laughs> like he de- he has a bit of nonsense in a car park in the middle, um, yeah. but it's not an actual fight as such. Um, mm. it, there's no Rip has no agency in this story whatsoever. None there whatsoever. is a huge I mean... chunk in the first act where he's not even present, and I'm talking for like ten minutes. I've written down in my yeah. notes when we first start getting to the network of it all. Like, we don't see Rip for a good 10 minutes easily because we're so it's, it's focused bizarre. on the plot in inverted commas. Yeah. And, and it, it does make me laugh because obviously you, you go through it and um, so you've got the, so the, the network side of it. And then you've got, when you do come back to Rip, he's got his little entourage. So it's his brother and his brother's mate who are his, you know, his trainers and his you know, managers and all the rest of it. And then they send in this woman from nowhere to manage his to manage his press tour or whatever it is. Yeah. Now at this point, uh, I'd just like to point out they're in a boardroom. Rips attending a boardroom meeting with his managers and his agents and everything. So that kind of goes into the the fake wrestling side of things as well. But he attends a board yeah. meeting in ring gear. Everything well, lives in ring everything gear. Rip does in this movie, aside from go to the French restaurant, everything he does he does in ring gear. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Yeah. He has like three and, or four and, different outfits, but they're all a variation of his ring gear. They're just different colours. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and yeah, like when he's on his mo- on his, his motorbike and he rides in, and I'll get to the scene in a minute because it's bugged the living fuck out of me. But he rides in, and again, he's you know he's he's in a pair of short shorts and he's got his arms out. If you fall off that fucking thing, now your career's done because you're going to break every fucking bone in your body. Yeah, I mean the way you know, Hogan bit, wrestles bit that wouldn't make too much difference. Ooh, burn. No, true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure the Hall of Famer will really be upset. Yeah, um, but yeah, he does everything in ring gear. And, and just before we, we move on into the film too much, just talking about that first match, the first match yeah. to see Rip in. Um, we Obviously, we've alluded to the fact that this treats wrestling... Well, it's up for debate whether this treats wrestling as real or not, but we know that wrestling is, is choreographed fakery. Um, hmm. Now, you would think then that choreographing a fight scene on film would actually be like the the final form of wrestling it would be like the ultimate goal no well i mean not at all it's, it's not even it's not even that because i mean this is what they do week in week out for a fucking living they do it on tv yeah yeah but what they what they've done is they've put a million cuts in there so it does it looks fake to begin with then they decide to foley everything now 
Wrestling with Foley over the top is one of the most unintentionally hilarious things. Like yes. these punches sound like fucking gunshots when they hit people. It's ridiculous. And yes. you can clearly see them just open hand slapping like you would in wrestling. And it's like a gunshot. Then, every time you cut to Rip, you get this close-up. And I mean, Hogan, when he's snarling, looks fairly comical anyway. He looks quite bulldoggy because of the, the moustache and stuff. Yeah. But then you yeah. have him snarling as well. He literally looks like the fucking Churchill dog. His big old cheeks are shaking and he's red and he's like... Rrr, rrr, rrr. It's fucking hilarious. He looks like a fucking bulldog. There's spit flying everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. The, the, the best bit of that first fight for me is that, again, Hogan's in-ring ability was... No, he wasn't the best mover. Um, wasn't He didn't have the best move set. He didn't have the most imaginative move set. But his finisher in this, his, you know, his his big boot and leg drop is bad enough. It's a fucking axe handle. He does an axe handle. He does drop the boot as well, doesn't he? I think. I can't remember, but his finishing yeah, move. Yeah, it is basically a double it, axe handle. Yeah. It's a double axe handle off the ropes. Now I'm so. Oh, oh, no, it's, I'm not being funny. That wouldn't even knock me over. No. No, it's. But what? Yeah. What the fuck? But I mean, it it kind of, it kind of sells. I mean, it's you kind of look at it if you sort of look at wrestling as it was at that point, and then you look at it, how it evolved in sort of the, the 90s and into the 2000s. Things that were big, all-powerful finishing moves in the 80s and the early 90s were commonplace. Things like a DDT, which all of a sudden, you had Rock doing three or four of them in a match. Yeah. Whereas, you know, that was, the, no, that was uh, Jake Roberts' big finisher. So things like that did evolve, and I appreciate that, but it's a fucking axe handle. That's, that's like kicking him in the nuts. It's... <laughs> It's got the sophistication of spitting on the, it. The fight scenes in this film have zero sophistication. Like I said, you'd think with an actual choreographer, and bear in mind they do this week in, week out. Oh yeah, this is this is. You their would job. expect better. <laughs> Sadly, not. Um, but to go back to so following on from this fight, we we mentioned this thing about the network trying to trying to get Rip as well. And he actually goes to a meeting with the exec of the bad guy as well, the exec of the other network in his ring gear. Which ends up in him slugging one of the guys in the mouth, walking out, and then he stops at the door after he's just had an altercation with him. He stops at the door just to pull his signature rip him sign and give him a fucking snarl. And it's like, what? Who would do that? What, what the but, hell is this? Like I know, but I mean, but you've you've missed you missed a key bit there, which is obviously this the, the comic element of the scene. I said that very very loosely. Um, but the the guy writes him a check, and again, it's this whole um, that so the, the Ted DiBiase character you had at the time, where everyone's got a price on this sort of stuff. Then there's there's yeah, all this stuff sitting in the guy's mouth, doesn't he? Yeah. So the guy the guy writes him a blank check, and. Rip agonizes and he makes him think, "Oh yeah, yeah, you've got me, you've got me, you've got me." And there's this big fucking shit-eating grin, which Hogan does always, anyway. And he turns around and says, "I'm not going to be around for this to clear," and shoves it down his mouth. And that shoves it down his throat. I was like, "Really? What was the fucking point of that? It's probably the worst joke you've ever told." And that's saying something. Yeah, and and at this point and, as well, it's worth noting that this scene is the first time you you really get to see Hogan act in this film. Now. Yeah, I blinked and missed that. Yeah, now, at no point during this podcast, and even when we come on to look at some of Hogan's later work, at no point am I going to claim that he is a good actor, okay? (laughs) But he gets to the point where he's passable. He's never going to be The Rock, but he's passable. Jesus Christ. 
Like, this is some grade A shit acting that we're getting off it. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not even sure he's read the script. I reckon somebody's just shouting lines at him off camera and he's spitting them out because there is absolutely no emotion in his performance whatsoever. His syntax is entirely wrong when he's speaking. It, Oh, my God. It's it's awful. His performance in this film is awful, save for one scene, which when we get to it, I will bring up how impressed I am with his performance and the writing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rip ends up having his meeting. He then ends up getting into a limo, which for some reason the driver is on the payroll of the network and now they decide because he's not going to work for them, they're going to do him over, I think. Yeah, so they kidnap him and yeah, take him but, to some like CD car but Rip park. Rip obviously realises what's wrong and begins to trash the back of the limo, as you would. Yeah. Um, however... Yeah, let's cause, let's cause an accident and they'd well, kill yeah, him. But how the fuck does Rip trash in the back of the limo completely negate the driver's ability to drive like this isn't just like oh shit he's frightened me a bit and he swerves slightly like this guy is all over the road driving up fucking ramps he nearly flips the car at one point like (laughs) this is just one guy in the back having a bit of a kickoff like you're not telling me limo drivers Uh, before this guy needs to be, needs to drive around with, with with two kids under six. There you go, right? So, you know, there's kicking, there's shouting, there's screaming, there's biting, there's punching, there's name calling, there's spitting, there's toys slaying everywhere. Hulk Hogan kicking the door, it's fuck all. Yeah. So then they end up driving him to this fucking garage. Uh, the second fight the Rip has in the film happens here. So actually, there might be three because there's something with a motorbike as well later on. But the second yeah, fight Rip has here now. I don't even know where to begin with this scene either. The, the car stops and like I guess these these henchmen that have been hired for no apparent reason because Rick yeah. could very well have signed also, the check. Um, I don't I was gonna say they obviously nothing. I don't to even know if they're henchmen or if they're just random thugs and the limo driver happens to have gotten lucky by driving into a garage full of random thugs. No, I think it was planned because there was a bit with um Kurt Fuller's character where he makes a comment about him regretting not signing with him. Oh, okay. And then, and then he makes a phone call. So it's it's all set up. Obviously, these guys had fuck all better. They were waiting for a, a call to come beat up Hulk Hogan. I must have sneezed and missed the setup. Um, yeah. But bearing in mind now, Hogan spent a couple of minutes trying to kick his way out of the door of this limo. Once the limo stops, he proceeds to jump through the roof, <laughs> head first, through the roof of the fucking limo and does what I swear is the absolute on-film genesis of the superhero landing on top of the limo. Like, he doesn't go down on the one knee, but he definitely, like, we get the slow-mo, boots hit in the ground, and he's like, he does his grunt. (laughs) And these guys rush him, so we have another very bad wrestling scene. Yeah. Which then ends in Hogan grabbing one of them, snarling in his face bulldog style and shaking his fucking moustache everywhere, covering the guy in drool like the fucking Churchill dog. Yeah. And then stopping to suddenly realise there's a bad smell. That was the driver. He pulled him out of the car. To which Hogan... I mean, this is the quality of the writing. To which Hogan says, what's that smell? And the driver, through tears, replies, dookie. 
that's and about then, as and, good as it gets, guys. But no, it, it gets better than that, actually, because on top of that, Hogan then repeats. Dookie. In his, in yeah. his snarly voice, Dookie. And pulls a face. Like, yeah. I was like, really, what's the point in that? You could have quite easily just pulled him out of the car and punched him. Or punched him through the window. Vince McMahon, everyone. <laughs> that's all I've got to say. <laughs> Vince McMahon. Yeah. God bless him. <laughs> I mean, That's fucking literally. I I don't know of anyone else that I would give a pass on that, but it's Vincent <laughs> Hogan, so I'm like, yeah, I'll let I'll let him have it. If fuck it, this was the first spit take of many that I did in this film. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's it's that level of bad. Um, so following this, after he's just had a big fight and made someone shit themselves. What does he do? Of course, he goes to the board meeting with his accountant. Of course, he does because yeah, that's obviously. just a normal day for Rip. <laughs> obviously, um, obviously, yeah. Still goes in his ring gear, and they mention. I've actually written this down. The board mentioned the Rip character. They refer to right. him and refer to it as the Rip character. So there you go. There's the acknowledgement, Rip is a character being played mm. by Rip. It's meta. Ah, clever. Yeah. Um, and he somehow, well, we, we'll find out how later, but he, he somehow manages to score himself a date with the foxy new accountant with the oh, line. He's an absolute cocktooth of the entire fucking Yeah, meeting. absolute douchebag, which he manages to score a date via the line, can we talk about this later? And an eyebrow raise in front of the whole board. I mean, that was worthy of Roger Moore. I mean, it really was, but he he, he literally stopped short of just slapping her on the ass and calling her toots. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the first take. I think they cut that one. It's disgraceful. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, but it's it's quite funny because that scene, that bit of the scene, bugged me. But what bugged me more is the the, the setup, and they set this up. And they set this character up basically in the way they set up Hogan in in WWF is that you know they're talking about his um, his commercial activity or his or his commercial availability and he says the only thing I'm available for outside of wrestling is my charity work. And it's like, dude, you're not on camera now. Yeah, I, you, and they you're, they call you're back to, to you're that to be a later on. So yeah, they do. This is this um, is seeding. Uh, this is what writers do, Mark. They seed things and call back. Oh fuck, is that what it is? Yeah. But it's just quite funny because I mean, obviously, seeing the way Hogan was, and like we you know we've we've had this conversation in drink many times about you know, Hogan. You know, you got Johnny Foreigner coming in, slagging off America, and Hulk Hogan comes in, the big American hero, saves the day, and it's all about you know, you say your prayers and and take your vitamins, all that sort of stuff. And then they they didn't even bother making a new character when they put him in a film. It's just like, yeah, we'll just extend it and change his name. Which is why they should have just called him Hulk Hogan. But exactly. Anyway, I, but it's, it, yeah. It, I don't think like we're kind of going through the film here and it's tempting to do that because this yeah. there is something hilarious every 30 seconds in this film but we will be here all night and if you guys haven't seen this or haven't seen it for a long time I don't want to spoil too much for you so maybe, oh, go fucking watch it. maybe we'll just hit the highlights because there are still highlights to come um, we actually I mean, th after this we get what I think is a genuinely good scene with, with Rip at the French restaurant um, yes, no, that was funny. I, it was that. funny, and it's one—it's one of the few scenes I think that Hogan's actually acting quite well in. There's some genuine chemistry between him and his co-stars, um, and it, it gives us a little insight into 
the man behind Rip, you know, who he mm. who he actually is out of the ring. So that that was quite a nice scene, and it's all going along quite nicely, and and you're almost thinking, okay, maybe this is going to pick up, but then we get to the biker bar scene, where mm. all the network executives walking in their suits to a down and dingy biker bar. Uh, they talk to a trashy barmaid who takes one look at them and says, Ah, you must be looking for the gay bar across the street. God. That was the second oh spit God. take of the evening. <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about that. And probably the biggest one. <laughs> ah, Vince. God bless you, Vince. Oh, man. I mean, can you even imagine that making it? I, I'm surprised that hasn't been removed retroactively. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the version that we picked up, the DVD that I picked up, it was being remastered. I mean, it's pretty good quality, considering it's an 89 film. It's been done for DVD. It, the conversion's really good. But you think, oh, you think at some point, if, you know, if you've got Spielberg and Lucas removing guns and replacement walkie-talkies, you can cut that line out. Easily. And you should have cut that line out. But thank you for yeah. not doing it. It made my Sunday evening. Oh, <laughs> I, look, and that's not me condoning it. I am laughing at how hilariously inappropriate this is before anyone complains. Like, I totally acknowledge it is not right. Okay. Um, <laughs> as if that needed explaining. As is the oh, yeah. very next thing you see, which is, for some inexplicable reason, other than the fact they're in a rough biker bar, a midget in a cage. Yeah, I can live with that. Controlling the bets. Um, I mean, Jesus. Honestly. <laughs> but let's be fair. I mean, again, WWE, WWF, they've always been really sensitive to the plight of little people. Yeah. Yeah, of course. They've never taken yeah, the piss. They've not at all. never exploited them. and no. Not at all. So then, obviously, we, we find the, you know, the, the business guys. Again, in, in it, it's almost redeems itself in what is a decent enough scene our our villain starts waving his money around and starts offering people money to get in the ring and beat the shit out of each other and as a character that works you know that's that's fine um then obviously we get to the genesis of he finds zeus we get the battle of the tough guys they spent all of 30 seconds naming that really um Jesus Christ. Then we get, like, as I say, there's an octagonal ring, and it's all very it's very UFC, really. Um, and, and this is the point now where we've last seen Rip in the restaurant. You get the whole scene in the bar. You get the explanation of Battle of the Tough Guys and what it's going to be and the whole genesis of it. We don't see yeah. Rip for a good ten minutes. Like, you could almost yeah. forget about him completely. Um and then in comes Zeus, who walks, talks, grunts, and acts like fucking Frankenstein's monster. Like, there is no... <laughs> there's no subtlety at all. Like, no, he's got fucking barrels under his arms, not fucking pits the way he walks. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, so, however, his unibrow, and I don't believe it's makeup, his unibrow no, in this is epic. Like this, I, th- I think he he had that the character and when he was in WF had that as well. Yeah. Um, he had that. And what they might as well have done because I can't remember if he had it in the film. But he certainly had it um, when he was in WF. Is he had a Z on the side of his yes, head? Yes, he did. Yes. Um, and it wouldn't it, it wouldn't have surprised me if they just linked that to the unibrow at the top, done the Z, and then come back around and looked that into a ponytail at the back. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it looked that it's, shit anyway. They might as well have just then, done that. It's, it's some quality Thunderbirds, Gallagher Brothers, Unibro action going on. Oh, Except, yeah. uh, for those of you who don't know, a bit of trivia, Tiny Lister actually blind in one eye, which is Zeus, why Zeus has this sort of turn, which actually helps the character. But the Unibrow yeah. cuts out halfway over his blind eye. So it's like uh-huh. a brow and a third, if you're <laughs> joined in the middle. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> it's just, it is the most epic Unibrow I've ever seen. Um, it is impressive. Yeah, so then we get all the, the background shit about Battle of the Tough Guys. And, and Rip, meanwhile, uh, has ended up in some down-home roadside diner that yeah. gets there's the, a stick up or something inexplicable yeah happens. i mean this this scene made me it made me laugh for the wrong reasons and again it's part of this part of this thing about you no know, the way this the way that it's being set up that you no know, that re- okay that there's an element of k type to it but wrestlers are genuine fighters and they're you know, they're genuine tough guys and all the rest of it so these two guys come into this diner where you no know, rip has been you know, he it's his in his hometown or wherever it is, and he he knows the the waitress there, and, you know, flirts shamelessly with a woman who's probably about thirty years older than him, and all this. Yeah, it's fine, it's fun. And then these two guys come in with pistols, and they start sticking the place up. And he says to um, to Samantha, his you know, business manager, you know, will be girlfriend, all the rest of it. Says when I say when or when I, when I move, get down, hit the floor. I so the first thing she says, isn't it? Uh, something like that. But so the first thing she does is hit the floor before he does any fucking thing, which. I mean, what he then does... Bit of a give but... Yeah, yeah she, she, I mean, he's basically telling her to hit the floor to avoid getting cream pie on her because he literally fends off two gun-wielding robbers by throwing cream pies at them. Doesn't yeah. fight them, but doesn't wrestle them, throws cream pies at them. I, I said, again, it's this, it's this wholesome... Um, no, no, it's this, this wholesome all-American character who doesn't need to resort to violence. Because he's better than that, he rises above it, but he still manages to save the day. And I'm sorry, what part of that's not getting fucking shot in the head? Yeah. Now, keep the wholesome all-American image in your head as we talk about the next scene, which is the one that I said I genuinely think is very well written and and pretty well acted, to be fair, for an inexplicable and here to unforeseen circumstance. Hogan and his accountant, manager, whatever the fuck she's supposed to be, end up having to share a hotel room. I don't know yeah. why they're on the road. It's not been explained, but... No, there, there's a throwaway scene where they get in the limo together and they don't, you don't quite know where no. they're going. You just know they're going away for a little bit. So they have to share a hotel room. Hogan does the sitcom classic staple of dividing the bed in half with, with tape. tape. And, they ha- you know, they have a bit of interplay. They, they clearly they have got the hots for each other. They, they sort of bouncing on each other um <laughs> I, I can't i don't think i can even look out this with a straight face <laughs> they go to sleep uh hogan jumps on the bed and the bed collapses and, and what have you but but they oh you you've, you've missed the best yeah no bit. They, no 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 I, i'm yeah. getting to the best bit i i'm saving the best right, bit okay. for last hogan, okay hogan jumps on the bed and the bed collapses she rolls into him and and they have an argument and there's a line which genuinely is delivered really well and is actually not a bad line. He says to her, um, you you don't need this. You build bigger walls than I ever could. That's not a bad line. And he delivers it fairly well. 
fairly well, yeah. And, and at that point, you look at it thinking, do you know, there, there could have been something here. But then you remember the bit which came before it, um, which actually I said the gay bar gave me the biggest spit take. No, this one did. <laughs> this, I yeah. genuinely had to pause the player. Um, she, <laughs> she, she wakes up, bear in mind there's a curtain, she wakes up to a violent shaking motion on the bed and the sound of grunting. And, and a, a repetitive yeah, uh, squeaking, a squeaking noise. A grunt. She peeks behind the curtain and just sees Hogan's ass going up and down in time with this grunting motion. <laughs> Only to find that, of course, he's doing push-ups. Of course he is. Obviously. Of course he is. Um it's fucking hilarious, and and it's meant to be hilarious for a change. It is, and it's it's done really Ex- well. Actually. This, this whole this is probably scene my favorite scene. is top notch. Honestly, if the rest That's of the film incredible. had been as good as this, I I think we'd yeah. be having a different conversation. Quite possibly. I mean, but this again, this this scene, it's it's played for laughs and it's done very well. But there are two things that don't make sense. Again, he's he's sleeping in ring gear, effectively. Apart from the fact he's you no know, his his. His shorts are ridiculously small, even for a wrestler. I don't need to see that much of Hogan's ass, quite frankly. No. And the second part is, if you're traveling, I mean, we've both done it for many, many years, don't do it anymore, but when you travel for, for, for business and you know you're going to be away, you take stuff to sleep in that's going to be comfortable. But at the same time, if the hotel catches fire or the alarm goes off in the middle of the night, you're not, you don't go out looking like a twat. Yeah. So so this bird, you know, goes, no, she goes away, and she has nothing to sleep in, so she's in some form of underskirt. Yeah, what the hell is that thing she's wearing? Bra. It looks like something from a fucking from the lingerie page of a seventies catalogue. Like this is nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. What? What the hell is that thing she's wearing? Like, I, I nearly said something inflammatory then, but I'm not going to because Vince probably would sue me. Go for it. <laughs> like Vince is never going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, my my thought was surely at at some point before 1989, Vince or somebody in his organisation has seen what a hooker looks like <laughs> and what they wear. Uh, yeah, you would you would think Vince regularly sees what a hooker looks like. To be fair, um... so I mean, no, realistically, why would you put no? Why would you choose that as 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 your outfit? And I, I I know we'll also be getting to the later on where it's being contrived that she's trying to seduce him because she actually works for the evil network guy. But even so, it, it just kind of screams out. They've not thought about this. They've gone, oh, we just need to make her look no, we need to make her look attractive. So we put her in this ridiculously uncomfortable thing that she's supposed to be sleeping in. And the suspension of disbelief and they're just sheer discomfort and nobody's gonna fucking buy that. Yeah, and I mean look, if if you wanted to seduce him and look attractive, then don't dress her like a fucking schoolgirl gymnast. What it, like what the fuck? She's like one of those fucking yeah. tweeny show gymnast things with all the makeup. It's disgusting. Anyway, that is not even the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> no. Because in the very next scene where it's revealed that she's supposed to have been seducing Rip, uh, what? Didn't do a very good job of it or revealing that at all because they blew hot and cold for the whole time. But anyway, she's failed, so she's then dutifully raped. Yes, I said well, raped. Now, this, this bit, right, so the... the there's a scene in between whereby she goes back to the network guy and tells him she can't do it and he hits her and there's this big thing of all the men in the room go because <gasps> mm. no, there's no such thing as, as no violence against women and it's, when, and it's this big shocking thing that he slapped her okay yes okay it's bad and it sets character and all the rest of it but 
So no, it's 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 bad. And she you no, know, she storms out, and she's never going to work again. And blah, blah 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 blah. She then goes to Rip's home and breaks down and tells him everything. And he wants to go tear him a new one, but decides to not. And in you know, and then so they have this big bonding moment whereby you know. Oh, she, no, which they, my they, my favorite line, fun. my favorite line. I've got to stop you there where they're having this bonding moment. Yeah. Rip to to her, and I'm going to read it. And I'll read it and deliver it just with as much passion as and gusto as, as Hogan does. Go for it. God, I like, I hate it when you're hurt or scared, you know? What? <laughs> Give that man an Oscar. What? <laughs> what? Huh? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, but it's come out of nowhere because you've never seen any sort of build in this relationship apart from the fact that she thinks he's a dick and he thinks she's a prickties. And and he hates it when she's hurt or scared. <laughs> I mean, you said man at the end of it, yeah? Yeah, brother. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I mean, you have this scene and I said, the next day he, he goes out and he, he's out doing whatever else and they've had this big bonding moment they've probably fucked at some point as well and then he goes out and then he, the following day she's coming into his home with the, with the dry cleaning and all the rest of it and so she's made herself nice and comfortable and this bloke comes up and you can't obviously the, the dialogue isn't that I'm going to rape you because even this film wouldn't go that long but this no, this guy is there to hurt her and then you can't quite tell if he's trying to strangle or rape her because it, the, he positions himself with his legs the wrong way so her legs are closed inside his legs and he's pinning her down it's pretty then, clear that it's supposed to be rape I think yeah I, I think I think that's that's that, and again, you you see this with a lot with a lot of stuff that um, Vince did with with um, WF before the Attitude Era. There was a lot of suggestion, but they did it just slightly wrong enough that they could get away with not being um, hauled over the coals by standards of practices. Yeah, and this kind of smacks of that. They've gone, yeah, we're going to get an R rating if we show, if we portray this in any not any way, shape, or form, which could be because she's actually being uh, about to be raped. So we'll just make it a little bit less clear by making it physically impossible for the guy to rape her. It's, and then yeah. Hogan comes in and saves the day and runs a guy over the motorbike and drives him to a tree or something anyway, so you know, saves the day. But and it, it just again, he does all of this while grunting and shaking his but, head. It's like, but he, with this big shit eating grin on his face. Yeah, as it's well. like there and, seems and, to be these these two rips, and he kind of doesn't know where like the real rip ends and like the stage rip begins because whenever hmm. he's beating people up, you get this weird. Adyard, throaty, evil, almost laugh that he does, and this grunting, yeah. and he, instead of just being quiet and menacing, he's driving around going like, as he's running people over. I, yeah. What? Huh? <laughs> I, I know it doesn't. I mean, there, there are a lot of things that don't make sense with the, the production of this film, but this, this, this particular scene and one later on, which I'll just jump to now. Um, oh, just, just quickly before we jump, I've realised yeah. I that line wasn't to her; it was to his brother, wasn't it? That that Oscar-winning line, and it's I can't remember. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's equally his, worthy of either. To yeah, be no, it's to his brother. It's not to her. Anyway, yeah. Good. Anyway, so that was the bit I was going to jump to, right? Oh, cool. Okay. In, in, in real life, okay, I say real life as much. If if you go and attack somebody and they beat the living fucking of you to a point where they paralyse you, you go to the fucking police. Yes, you and do. you press charges. No, the guy puts you in a coma. The guy breaks your spine. Somebody else pays to know, pays somebody to come and ra- come and rape your girlfriend. You go to the fucking police. Yes. No, 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 no. I'll sort this out. Proper fucking Walker Texas Ranger. So I'll go and get. I'll I'll go wade in and sort this shit out. 
I'll go and get my you know, Blame Nation revenge for everybody. I'll go and beat him up. Yeah, uh, which, as, no, as I say, fucking no. yeah, Rip has had no agency in this story whatsoever. He's just reacting to things that happen around him. And even then, his response isn't to go directly after the network exec. It's to face Zeus. Um, Which is what the fucker wants in the first place. Yeah, so he literally just does everything the bad guy wants and doesn't take the fight to him ever at all. Having said all of that, one thing we do need to touch on in the hospital, for as much as I ragged on Hogan for the delivery of that line, pretty good ugly crier. Got to give it to him. I don't know anybody who's a bad ugly crier. Hogan gives a good ugly cry. Like, yeah, he might be up there with Claire Dane, seriously. I mean... Yeah, okay. that's, that's a good, ugly cry. Um, Fair play. That's, that's high price. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no agency, as I say. Eventually what happens, even after all of this, his brother's been fucking crippled. His maybe possibly girlfriend has been maybe possibly raped. Or certainly attempted to be. But the last straw, the absolute last straw, is when Zeus shows up at a charity event that he's holding for underprivileged children. Ah, oh, what a fucking That's hero, man. what does it, because Zeus calls him out in front of the underprivileged kiddiewinks. That pushes him over the edge. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what a hero, really. Fucking hey, man. It's all about the kids. Yeah, really. Um, But, you know, at, at any point, like, oh, they then kidnap when it comes to the the actual to the fight, fight where Hogan's going to face off Zeus, never fought anyone in this film that even offers him the slightest bit of challenge. Now all of a sudden he's going up against Zeus, so who cares? Um, they arrange to kidnap Sam, the girlfriend, and basically blackmail him into saying like, "Look, make it look good for ten minutes, then go down. You're going to lose." Now, the correct thing to do at this juncture. Bearing in mind this is an organised event and you're the star, is refuse to go on stage without her, you fucking moron. Like, yeah, again, that, I mean, no that, agency whatsoever. I know, and it, I, I know that sort of, obviously they're, they're trying to make it now, stakes are higher. Than so, I mean, this whole event I've got problems with, and I'll come to in a minute, but yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. What Instead of saying, instead of just watching, the, watching this giant digital clock, which obviously you're going to have in this, tele, in this TV studio. Instead of just watching that midway through the fight, when he's getting his ass kicked anyway, he's not going to fucking win it anyway because he's getting his bollocks kicked off. He keeps watching this clock, thinking, "Oh, I've got so, uh, yeah, I've only got so much minutes. time. Otherwise, yeah. they, oh, otherwise they're going to murder. They're going to murder my girlfriend in the building with all these potential witnesses when the guy's in a fucking glass skybox." Yeah. However, she manages no, no. to to ninja her way out of the room mm. inexplicably. Because, yeah. <laughs> because the guards are just completely inept is the only... Yeah, they're, they're too busy watching the fight because no, that's not... No, silly little woman's not going to escape. No, and, and again... She's going to sit there dutifully and bring me beer when I want to. She's not going to try and escape when I've kidnapped her. No, and again, Rip's grand plan sends his manager off to find her. By the time he finds her, she's freed herself. Again, no agency whatsoever. <laughs> None. None. This is yeah. literally a film about reacting to bad shit and the reaction is generally get angry and scream a bit <laughs> that tends yeah. to be how it goes um, but yeah. obviously he gets in the ring we do get the fight between Zeus and Hogan okay we 
yeah. we've pretty much spoiled the whole film at this point. Actually, we said we were going yeah. to, but it's so hilarious. Look, well, well all, I mean, look, before we before we talk about the fight, can we talk about the the actual end? And I'm going to come back to the fight because the fight the fight I've got more problems with. But again, at the end, okay, well, so you've got Kurt Fuller's characters in in his in the TV production area, and he's got all these monitors and screens and all the rest of it. And because Zeus is now losing the fight, and hope and sorry, Rip, not Hogan, is coming back into it and you know, showing a bit of guts and getting it, getting involved and actually doing a bit of damage. He starts flailing around, taking it off the air, he starts pulling monitors out, he starts pulling wires left, right and centre, as they do in in wrestling when they're about to put somebody through a table, they pull all the monitors and yeah, wires yeah. out so the person doesn't actually hurt themselves. So he starts ripping stuff about and all the rest of it, and he leaves himself, he leaves some wires exposed, which again, again fantastic cinematography where you, you, know, you get an extreme close-up of these exposed wires, and I wonder what that's for. But then... So Rip turns his attention to uh, the network executive, who starts backing away despite the fact there's no plate glass in front of him. Starts backing away and backs into these exposed wires and dies. He electrocutes himself. No agency whatsoever. No. Also doesn't and make Hogan a murderer, but still, no, no agency. He doesn't uh, even defeat the actual villain. No, the actual villain defeats himself. disney style It's... Yeah, I was going to say it's it's a Disney ending whereby you don't kill them, therefore you don't become a bad guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, just, it's you know this and this entire thing. Is, and, and at no point is he concerned that this guy has electrocuted himself and there's a slight fire breaking out in this production area. No. Because everybody's everybody's celebrating, so he just walks down to the front and celebrates with everybody the, else. The crowd. I've written this. The crowd actually cheer for murder at this point. Yes. No, I I, I did think that. I mean the the, the the crowd and the fight. I mean. The crowd, it's tuxedos and fucking ball gowns. Yeah. This is this is why this this I made the statement Fist McMahon's wet dream. This is what I think this is what he wanted wrestling to be in the eighties. It's this highbrow, classy affair whereby you know the, the very very rich and very wealthy people kind of play on it and they all turn up in their droves and spend all their money to come and see his stars. Yeah. And like I say Who in the f- they they cheer for, for fucking electrocution. <laughs> it's Yeah. And don't get me wrong, the guy was a cock, but Still. I'm fairly sure some people would be traumatised by seeing him die. They then literally proceed en masse to shout, Rip, he's behind you, as Zeus gets back up. It literally is a pantomime. It is. Uh, it's fucking... <laughs> and let's just talk, I mean, we'll, we'll come back to the fight, but since we're here now, yeah, Rip finishes the fight right he, I mean he obviously does his, his double axe handle and stuff but when he first yeah. knocks Zeus down before he goes up and does the electric death move yeah he first downs Zeus by punching him in the heart in the heart mind you yeah one shot like a fucking five finger death punch <laughs> in the fucking heart like <laughs> What the oh, actual I, living fuck is this film? <laughs> I know it's it's amazing, but I mean that ties in quite well to what I was going to say about the fight, right? Obviously, this is probably eight nine years before the first Extreme Rules match. Probably, yeah. Or in, in, Certainly in before WWE. the Attitude Era, right? yeah. Yeah, it's definitely for the Attitude. I mean, you had um, ECW came about earlier than something that stuff started in, in WWF, but you. This was no holds barred, but it was still a fist fight, 
and you, you go on to see some of the stuff you had in ECW where they were using barbed wire and broken glass and shit like that. And then you obviously you go into that, yeah, it wasn't a street WWE fight or stuff. anything, was it? It was just it's UFC no, it's, essentially, uh, is what it is. Yeah, but I mean, the whole premise of this is there's no referee, there are no rules, and you basically you know, half kill each other. It's no, it's no holds barred. Nothing is disqualified. You can do absolutely anything. So they have a wrestling match. Yeah, basically. And it's so fucking poor as well. It's, it's all this for the eighty showboat in the grandstanding, but of the early nineties grandstanding, whereby no, you have a test. No, you have a test of strength where no, somebody's got no, somebody's hands are over yours and pushing you down, and you push it's yourself. Classic it's, Hogan. It, it the the match it is, is a Hogan match. Now, having said yeah, all of that, yes, this film is awful 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 but I've, I've laughed all the way through it yes hogan is awful in it yes the fights are awful in it we still got to this point where he's 10 minutes into the fight he sees sam and realizes he doesn't have to go down and the hulk up starts and i'm yes. sorry i marked out <laughs> just like here he comes <laughs> and it was fucking awesome because it's Hulk Hogan hulking up. It was awesome. Yeah, it was brilliant. You know, I, I, like, I think if you're our age, there is just it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like Hulk Hogan could literally come and shit on your lawn, burn your house down, and kill your dog. And as long as he then hulked up after it, Man. you'd probably forgive him. <laughs> Man, it saves on dog food. Yeah, like it's that is my childhood captured on screen. Right there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and let's say the, the whole thing of the final, you see some of the stuff that came after, and you start talking about tables and cage matches and stuff like that, and now they have barbed wire bats, and and this is this is just a standard Hogan fight, and it's quite a tame one even by you know, by by Hogan standards. So I mean, it for it just it's such an anticlimax. Yeah. But seeing this, seeing this at the time, or seeing this you know, when I was much, much younger, and having not experienced any of that with wrestling, not having that baggage with wrestling, just having this, this is what this is what a wrestling match looks like. And okay, you punch him in the balls. Okay, that's not allowed. You can't do that. Oh, but there's no rules. It's fine. That's all I needed. Yeah. Coming at it now as a thirty-year-old man, I'm very disappointed with the fight itself. I all of the it, fights are I've, dreadful. Yeah, but I mean, no, you you look at some some Hogan wrestling matches and compared to that first one and the first one is just a short version of a poor Hogan match um, whereas this this grand finale you'd be expecting I say okay, chairs and all sorts and none of it comes I mean he does he does Mick Foley Zeus off the top podium through the ring you know yeah true I'll, I'll, I'll accept that that's fair that's but the rest of it, it's just, it's like, it's a very boring, considering this is supposed to be like the pinnacle, the most dangerous fight some you know, people can have, because anything goes. At one point, though, doesn't Zeus pick up a ring pole as well? Yes. Now, this is the bit that, I you said that you, you remembered the, um, the theme song. The thing I remember, above all else with this film, is Hogan lying you know, on his back, looking up at the lights. Zeus comes along with a fucking ring post and tries to put it through his skull. And this is the point where he hulks up, isn't it? It's yes. after this that he... Because when he comes he, to... Because he sees, he sees his sees, brother. Yeah, and he, no, well, he sees his brother and he also sees Sam because she's escaped and she yeah. runs down to ringside. And they do that and all slow sudden, focus he, shot. And he, yeah, and he moves. And just as this ring post is about to cave in his skull and kill him on live television in front of millions of people. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's that's pretty much this film may as well be called WTF, to be honest, because yeah, I know. I mean, it's it, it, but that that's the bit that, and obviously, as a child, I didn't think that. I was like, Fucking hell, that's not that's really cool because that would have really hurt. Not thinking that would have killed. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, you can't look for any rational <laughs> reasoning. You can't look for any plotting. You can't look for. You just can't look this. This film is a collection of shots of oily, muscly men. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that is all it is. Uh, and and yeah. some very inappropriate humour. Yeah. Um, Vince McMahon's yeah, Western, basically. Absolutely. I mean, I'll, we'll just talk about the reception of the film um, before we go on to ask him a question. But um, box office-wise, it didn't do bad. It cost uh, $8 million to make, and it, um, it debuted at number two of the box office shot behind Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, so it did pretty well on release. Um, it made $5 million um, on, on its debut, and overall it made $16 million. So it broke even, um, and Vince didn't lose money on it. Um, so that's not bad. Critically, not so well received. Um, it's got an 11% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, that's um, generous. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going I'm to read this out, and I'm going to see if you have the same question I had. Film cricket, critic Brian Orndorff, described the film as tremendously crude, unapologetically manipulative, and aimed directly at easily entertained 13-year-old boys. Now, would that be any relationship in relation of Paul Orndorff? Um, I don't know, but it was the first thing I thought when you mentioned the surname. Yeah, same here. Um, so, yeah, that was that made, that made me think. Um, but in, interestingly, in um, doing the Monday Night Wars, uh, doing October 13th, 97 episode of Monday Night Raw, Vince McMahon joined Hogan promised me that if the movie lost money, he was going to return his salary. I guess the cheque is still in the mail. Um, so uh, it was one, one of many digs that Vince had against uh, Hogan while Hogan was doing the NWO album with, with WCW. Um, so, I mean, even, even then, even at that point, like, they kind of knew that this film wasn't what it was supposed to be, what they kind of wanted it to be. Uh, I mean, look, aside from Vince McMahon, who I genuinely think thinks this film is fucking amazing, <laughs> um, I don't think anyone involved, even Hogan, I don't think anyone involved could be ed- under any illusion that this was good. Uh, even back then. Like... No. I They... I I would like to think um, Jonathan s- said something uh, last episode when you were talking about Spider-Man and um, as I said at the top of the show far more eloquent than myself um, he summed up something that I've said several times uh, over the course of the show he just said it far better um, which is that it's better to do something or he would rather do something 100% incorrectly than, than 50% correctly or some words to that effect yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and that is exactly what this is. It is a hundred percent wrong. They are all in. They are in for all the fucking marbles here. And oh, I swear they were just egging each other on. Like they they have to like you can just see Vince and Hogan sat on set going, Ah, wouldn't it be funny if he shit himself? Ha ah. You can just you know where it happened. <laughs> to be fair, that's that's similar to conversations we've had on set as well. Well, yeah, but we'd be fucking around and we'd be doing it for very little money and nobody would ever see it, so it would be fine. Um, yeah, true. I guess comparatively, Vince is already a millionaire by this point, surely. So if he wants, oh, yeah. if he wants to spunk a couple of mil up against the wall to make actors eat shit and make fucking gay jokes, then... 
more power to him, I suppose. He's got the money, he can do what he wants. I just wish it wasn't quite as distasteful. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, but um, again, sensibilities in, in the 80s were slightly different to, to what they are now. Um, so. Yeah, but I don't think rape has ever been cool, to be fair. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But no, uh, gay bar jokes were, uh, our gay jokes at one point were considered to be the height of. Oh, yeah, especially for fucking. Vince McMahon, for Christ's sake, <laughs> we yeah, we can't that's... expect any less from Vince. <laughs> no, that's true. No. Um, yeah, it's all right then. So, having been through the film and its many many foibles, is it better no. than Super Mario? No, Bros? no, 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 no. Definitively, no. Um. Okay, I'm going to go the other way. Just because it's so bad, it's good. I'm going to say yes, it is. It's for me, it was more entertaining. Well, I was, I yeah, that's where I was going to go. Is it better than Mario's? No, absolutely, one hundred percent not. It is straight behind Battlefield Earth as the worst film we've watched. It, it might even might even be worse than Battlefield Earth, but it's no. a damn sight more entertaining and. I can't say it's more entertaining than Mario Brothers. If you gave me the two, I would far rather watch Mario Brothers. Because as I said back at the time, for as much as it's a mess, Mario kind of... It's got something. It does hold together and it holds my interest. And it makes sense in a roundabout way, whereas (laughs) this is just nonsense. Look, I will watch it again. I know I will. Over the course of my life, I'm going to watch this again. I will recommend anyone out there watches it just for shits and giggles. Yeah, don't, don't but it's fucking I'm not, awful. I'm not saying it's 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 not a masterpiece. It's no, it's 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 not no, it's not worthy of high praise. For me, I think part of it's the baggage that comes with it. I think the fact that no, I I I, I this it came about at a time where I was sort of getting into this stuff, and it was um, at the time you know, when you're six, seven, eight, wherever I'd have been. Um, no. You 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 are you you do believe the stuff is real. You, you don't you don't understand the the whole you know, thing of concept of being scripted and all the rest of it. So you see this thing, fuck it, no, this is Hulk Hogan, and it kind of I I brought this with me when when we sort of, when this one came up and we sort of went through this. Oh fuck, this is next. I was a little bit worried because obviously you know we pull these things apart and they don't necessarily go back together the way they're supposed to. Um, but I remember I remember being very excited because I haven't seen this film in fucking years. But I remember very little about it, as it turns out. But I remember loving it. So I think for me, I don't like I don't have that that baggage or that attachment to Mario. So if you gave me the two, I would pick this up every time, sheerly for nostalgia. Yeah, I think there's maybe a little bit of that to it as well. As I alluded to on on the the Mario show, I was a huge fan of Nintendo growing up, and as bad as it is, that was all we had. So yeah, I guess maybe I've got that attachment as well, but. Like I said, I've I've still got there's still a little Hulk maniac inside me and always will be. Um, you should get that scene. But yeah, he's a little Hulk in all of us, I think, isn't he? <laughs> don't. Thought you said rape wasn't cool. Yeah, don't come after me, lawyers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I I just no, it's this film is absolutely atrocious, and like I say, it's bad in the best best possible way. But that just doesn't make it better than Mario Brothers for me. I, th- I think this is our first split decision. Yeah, it won't be the last, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure it won't be. Um, yeah, it, this is... 
yeah, this is very narrowly, narrowly better than Battlefield Earth. <laughs> just because it's funny. At least there's entertainment value in this. But as a product, <laughs> it's fucking garbage. <laughs> it is garbage. No other word for it. Yeah, I, I, th- I think, if, if anything, it just gives further insight into Vince McMahon's psyche and how tortured it must actually be in that head of his. Yeah, certainly but, does. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean that that's no holds barred. Um, yeah, drop us a line if you've seen it and you want to talk about it. I mean, I, I can do this all day. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. Yeah, uh, you can go to our website ddpodcast.net. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. And yeah, get in touch. Let us know what you think. Um, I'd especially like to know if you come to this for the first time, um, based on this podcast, what you think of it and how far off the mark we were. Um. But yeah, let us oh know. God, please so, God, if you're watching this for the first time, you have to let us know how this stands up like today for a first time. Yeah, please, I'm so interested to hear. Yeah, someone without the baggage. What? They yeah, think if, 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 if you know us and you're local, you, you can't get hold of it. Let us know. You can borrow the disc. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and then let us know. And we if. if if somebody does that we will we will feed back to you guys if we get that off people we'll we'll feed back on a future episode because i would love to know what people think of this yeah absolutely but uh until next time see you later